0: Hello, and welcome to the Asian Cinema Film Club, and more importantly, welcome to Anthony Wong Month Recap Number 2. I'm your host, as always, Edward Jones, and joining me, of course, is my co-host, the professor, Mr. Stephen Palmer. Hi there! Tonight, we continue our month-long romp through the filmography of one Anthony Wong. A challenge to watch 32 Anthony Wong movies in 32 days is that right, is it 31
1: it's 31 days in the month mate
0: see, it's already getting it to us
1: <laughs> you've lost it, you've lost it's, it already I bet you wish you did this in in February, then you've only done 28
0: yeah we'll real, real lack of foresight whenever we do these challenges isn't it, it's like when we do Miki month, the month before Halloween <laughs> so that was 60 days of movie watching so <laughs> But, you know, it's uh, when you start off, it's like, you know, you have a bit of a rocky start. You go into Augusto and now we're sort of like, we're up and running. We're like in full rocky mode where, you know, like he's running down the streets and like he gets to the apple. Yeah, it's like I just run down the streets and like someone throws me a copy like Gangster Payday and stuff. And it's like, you can do it. We're like building up. We're just about going the distance. This is where this. This is whole experience is like Rocky one.
1: Yeah, I'm so, sure. I'm sure you, you go to the meat packing factory and they've got loads of DVDs of Initial D hanging down and you're pounding at them. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: and as I said, we've seen a few other people out there doing their own Anthony Wong bumps, which is uh, which is great. Um, it's weird they come to us and it's all like, oh, the I want to watch Painted Veil, but that's in English. Does that count? It's like as long as I got Anthony Wong in it, it doesn't matter. It's not like we're claiming exclusivity over this month. It's just, oh, the more power to you if you want to go out there and discover the awesomeness that is Anthony Wong. Absolutely. But um, kicking off this week's viewing, uh, we had a more recent offering from Terror Cotter. Uh, this is Gangster Payday from 2014. Uh, it turns out Terracotta actually pitched the title to the producers and they loved it so much they actually used the title.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, I found out this week when they got in touch with us, so more you know. Indeed. Starswipe. <laughs> we don't really work on an audio podcast, does it? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, Gangster payday Day, if you've not seen it, it's here Anthony Wong plays an ageing crime boss. He seems to be playing a lot of ageing something or other at the moment in this, this month's viewing, it has to be said. But um, he plays this crime boss called Ghost, who's basically struggling to deal with the fact times are changing. His karaoke bars and his salons, they're all down in revenue, and at the same time he's facing this increased pressure to get into the into the narcotics trade, which he's, Code of Honor prevents him from doing. Um, and it's through this he encounters a feisty young woman who owns a tea shop that she's took over from her sick father, and they form a rather unique connection. At the same time, one of his underlings has also developed kind of romantic feelings for the same girl, creating a really bizarre love triangle of sorts as the uh, two go about the unique ways of attempting to woo um while this is obviously a crime movie i would say this is more in the vein of like boiling point than election um as we spent a lot of time just really concerning ourselves with this uh love triangle and i think it's again it's just anthony Wong who can pull this sort of crime and comedy sort of element off it's a very sort of light Um, crime comedy at best I would say but it opens with like Wong coming in and like beating up this young thug who's like refusing to play May the um, owner of the tea house and he's there and he's breaking bottle after bottle over his head and then we get nothing like that until the end where we get uh, some knife action with a big showdown but um...
1: yeah I have had this on DVD for years never watched it and it's only because you posted on the Facebook that it was run this month I decided to watch it yesterday <laughs> and obviously not only got Annie Wong on it it's got Love of My Life Charlene Choi as well um possibly for this I think she's in two of your films tonight I think um if I remember rightly um and because I've forgot one from our production meeting earlier but well, we've missed one out. no we haven't no we haven't it's there it's this we have we've forgotten it anyway it doesn't matter I'll, I'll trick you into talking about it um yeah, it's, it's one of these weird sort of romantic comedy drama things which is set in the world of where well, there are nice gangsters as well. <laughs> and uh, so that opening sequence where he violently bashes the bottles and has to be held back from killing the guy. Yeah. Although it has a brilliant payoff at the end in the... in, the, in It it sort of... It never... It ne- I thought I was—I was—I was expecting a Ben Kingsley type thing from him, and no, he just wanders around and learns to make um, pineapple buns. And, yes, that's right.
0: <laughs> and they—they uh, they go into the baking trade rather everyone, than the confectionery ev- trade.
1: Every, everyone's all kind of nice, and and then an hour in, oh yeah. So the the film sort of starts off with this thing that makes you think you're seeing the last sixty days or fifty nine days of this person's life. And then a third, uh, two-thirds of the way through, a main character gets killed off from out of nowhere, which is put on this rival gang who are meant, you know, obviously they're really bad, but don't really do a lot that's bad. They may be in the narcotics trade and they're trying to buy the tea house as well. So much of it, I do not understand what's going on. What I will say is there's a, there's a middle-aged man who fancies a much younger girl who fancies a guy that works for him. Wacky hijinks ensue. It's, it's funny, it... it the genius of it is, is that Anthony Wong's just fucking brilliant with his shaved head and his, his his goatee effect, and he, I don't know, I don't know how old he is when he made that. I think I think he's in his sort of fifties, maybe. And uh, yeah, he just he just pulls it off really well. The rest of it is just harmless fluff, isn't it? Really, it's indeed. It, it's not funny enough. It's not violent enough. It's not one thing or the other. But it's it's not horrible. It's a three out of five movie. Um,
0: I gave it a little more. I gave it three point five. Th- yeah, I, I think
1: just... I think that's maybe why I would gave it as well. Actually, on Netbox, thinking about it, it was. It, it, there's nothing horrible about it. It's just in that weird space of. It's not ineffectual. It's just I don't know. It hasn't got anything.
0: The cover made me think that it was going to be like, um, a little more triad sort yeah, of action. Yeah, going to be like knife stabbings and stuff. And it's not. It's more kind of like slice of life. But mm. at the same time, it's not um, sort of detached enough. It's just this weird love triangle story
1: that that actually never goes anywhere. No, I mean <laughs> at the same
0: time, he's got like multiple girlfriends <laughs> that who is funny. he spends a lot of time hiding from.
1: <laughs> I mean, there are there are some yuck yucks in this, you know that that is funny, um, and and his little his number ones and his you know his his, his deputies whatever they're called are are funny as well. But they, oh, uh, the, but Uncle B and yeah. Oh, oh I mean, there's a, there's a hilarious thing. Unfortunately, I don't. I, I watched it on. Um, what did I watch it on? <clears throat> Maybe an illegal download. Um, and on a projector. There is one oh. joke which isn't translated correctly in the subtitles, where everyone's calling her sister. Well, that's what it says in the subtitles. But actually, they're calling her sister-in-law, which means. Basically, she's his girlfriend, and that's why she's rejecting it. She's saying, I'm not his girlfriend. She's not. She's not saying I'm not his sister. So yeah, the the, the subtitles I had missed the joke. Okay, <laughs> but it was still a funny joke, but it's even funnier if you think that that she she doesn't want them to make out that she's his girlfriend because that would mean lots of things. But it's also very nice. You know, it sort of showcases those Hong Kong tea houses as well, which. You know, I've I've been, you know, when I've been to Hong Kong, that's where I'd have had my breakfast and things like that, you know.
0: So when we say tea house, it's not like, <clears throat> oh, it's in a cafe- hard boiled it- or like country with me. It's just basically a it's cafe.
1: A, it's a cafe. Yeah. So they call it a Hong Kong tea house. So it's where you might go for your breakfast or you might go for a cup of coffee or a bowl of, I don't know, um, goose and rice or something like that. It's um, yeah, it's not like a, no tea ceremony or anything like that going on but it's it's fine and Wong's really good in it he's the best thing about it
0: yeah, definitely ranting Wong is um he is he's the real sort of highlight with that one isn't he and I think if he hadn't be, been in it certainly the amount the number of like comedic beats he has like. Uh, the scene where he's like hiding up from his uh girlfriends and he's like got the towel over his face or hmm. but trying to propose a threesome with uh with, oh, with the of his other two yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: But he isn't, is he, Because he really just wants to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, I really um
0: I, I enjoyed it while it well it lasted, but at the same time it's not one that I can really sort of see myself returning really to I mean obviously you mentioned already Charlene Troy isn't it, his uh good as the feisty may
1: yeah she she um i mean but, but she 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 has a couple of strong ones there's another film called sarah which she's in which is made um similar sort of time and you know, she she has become a fairly decent actress she's still bubbly and you know you know i wouldn't like want to debate anything serious with her but she's lovely and gorgeous and fun and bouncy and plays off you know, she's a singer by trade a, you know, a popstrel and she plays off Wong really well so yeah, it's cool,
0: cool. Uh, Next up we have Beast Cubs, uh, which was the film we mentioned on the last uh, episode that was uh, where I first got that recognised who Anthony Wong was, although he's in pretty unrecognisable shape here as he was suffering from sickness at the time, so he was really sort of bloated and swollen um, but here he plays a he plays a kind of a dirty cop this is kind of like dante lamb doing either like training day or the Corrupter. um basically here he plays this beat cop who's got links to the triads at the same time michael wong is his new um sort of like commanding officer and the pair Soon, like, find themselves in the middle of a triad turf war when one of the bosses, um, is forced to sort of leave town to try and lose some heat. Uh, meaning that one of the young upstart uh, tribe bosses is determined to like move in on his turf and disrupting the whole sort of status quo of uh, the area. Um, I mean, obviously, this is straight off the bat. I mean, we have got both Michael Wong. Um, so we got both Anthony Wong <laughs> and Michael Wong in the same movie to. Cool figures of Asian cinema, and two people for completely different reasons. (laughs) Both of them have their own Twitter feeds of um, just gifts from their from their films.
1: Michael Wong, oh god, Michael Wong is the Chinese actor who can't speak Chinese. It's true; he speaks (laughs) English
0: in all his movies. So it's kind of like when you had an American actor turn up in like. uh, in some of the Godzilla movies and they're like the only person speaking English and everyone else is speaking like the native tongue and it's
1: like okay yeah I mean to, to be fair he's been in some alright films but yeah I can't fucking stand Michael no oh, <laughs> so I was
0: going to have you watch first option and, uh... Oh
1: no we won't be doing Michael one month Or oh, he's been in 53 films so there is there is, um, you know, that is an option, but no, I'm leaving if we do that. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I mean, the big draw of this one is basically when we get to see Anthony Wong going full Travis Bickle mode um, at the end when he goes to the big showdown and uh, ends up getting light tubes bust over his head. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, one that I know that it has its fans like myself, and there's other people out there who just can't stand it. So. Um, I would say it's one worth definitely checking out. It came towards the end of the um, Hong Kong Legends label. Um, it was one of the, like the first DVDs I ever bought. I bought this
1: and Taxi Driver. Okay. I've never seen it. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um I didn't get I, w- I wanted to watch it this because it, yeah. it, it it's a film that I sort of ran out of time, but it is a film that it's got a bit of a reputation. I always confuse it with Beast Wars, which is where the Transformers go back in time. <laughs> And, um,
0: are they in t- back in time, or was uh, it current time? And they, that's there, true. No, you're right. They, they are. The past.
1: They, they are. They are previous incarnations who've who've gone back to the beginning of, I think it's Earth time, and they become gorillas and dinosaurs and yeah. Because Optimus Primal.
0: That's right. And we get uh, Ghost Starscream and uh, who possesses uh, Waspinator.
1: That's right. So yeah and yes waspinator yeah i've got the TV a real that.
0: questionable cgi that
1: one <laughs> when it was this really early mainframe entertainment yeah same well, thing as reboot and stuff isn't it well it,
0: this thing reboot
1: still looks okay but uh beast wars is whoa. beast wars and beast machines wasn't it they were the two series all oh, right there's the, there the rat as well anyway nothing to do with that although i could. I I have a feeling there's an opportunity for us to do another show <laughs> <laughs> But yeah I will I will watch it. I think it's on it's on one of the streaming channels, I'm sure, because I, so I I made a decision between that and another one of the films on tonight's list. But I saw Michael Wong and thought I, I really can't go through that
0: today. Ah <laughs> <I'm> Michael Wong. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. I like there's something about Michael Wong I have. <laughs> I like I like I especially liked him in First Option, um,
1: oh, which in, was fun as well. So he's I think he's the bad guy in Triple Tap, which is the point the sequel to Double Tap. Anyway, it, which, which one of those films where the title really writes them into a corner? <laughs> the whole point in Double Tap is that he sort of cocks the hammer twice on his gun. When they get Triple Tap, now obviously they've got to do it three times. They stopped. They stopped making them. All right, yeah, but I, I, I think that is a that's a classic Wong role from that sort of late nineties period. I mean, yeah. I remember last week. I think I said, oh, you know, he's usually the supporting, um, role, but is, that's not true at all. Actually, as <laughs> as I've been sort of partially following you this week, I think actually he's he's been the lead in a lot of movies.
0: He has, and it's normally for the same directors mm. that you find he's the he's the lead for, especially in certain periods. Like Herman Yao really had him as the lead in most of his like early nineties stuff. yeah, and um,
1: continues to use him to this day as we spoke about last episode. But
0: It's surprising you have a you think you have an idea of what Herman Yao is for that period. And then this month to proves you completely wrong. Yeah. Uh but that's coming up a bit later in this episode. Uh, next up, we had one of our English language entries on this, uh, which was The Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, also known as The Mummy Free, also known as the one nobody ever watches.
1: Um, one with Jet Li,
0: right? It is. Jet Li plays the Dragon Emperor, um, who's basically a warlord in, uh, in China who gets... Kirsten turned along with his army and turned into the Terracotta Army, and he's revived in uh, 1940 Shanghai. So, more reason for you to watch it.
1: I have seen this film, and 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 yeah, I should have brought that up last week. As hey, it's here is another film set in my favourite time period.
0: (laughs) Um. So yeah, Anthony Wong here plays the evil general who's for whatever reason, has got a whole army of followers set about resurrecting Jet Li's uh, mummy. I have to say, for Jet Li being like the villain in this, he's actually physically in it, not really until the end. There's a lot of CGI mummy stuff, which I don't think he was like the stand-in for. They basically fly him in for the end. So, Anthony Wong does a lot of the villainary heavy lifting here, as uh, the evil General Chang. Um, and I have to say, he's fantastic. He's really, really fantastic. And this is the sort of adventure romp that we really need more of. Um, there is some, obviously, some flaws here. I mean, Raquel uh, ways has, um didn't return for this one. And we also get the annoying trope of, let's give them a son. Um, so we get the father son sidekickery here, which is annoying. Brendan Fraser is great as Rick, Frozen right punches and battling mummies. Uh, basically everything he did in the first two movies, but uh, this time it's with Chinese mummies. So, uh, I
1: I liked the first mummy film. I remember seeing that at the cinema, and I don't remember the second one at all.
0: (laughs) Okay, the second one was the one with uh, the crappy rock CGI everyone still talks about.
1: Oh, God, yeah, I I do remember it. But I remember catching this not that long ago on TV, because I just thought, you know, diminishing returns and it's actually really good also did you know on the mummy um free wikipedia page anthony wong's not mentioned as starring in it or in the cast list <laughs> and i think is he general ming they've got russell wong down who's a completely different person um is an american actor that's <laughs> I don't know whether I should edit that and fix that, but...
0: I know, I think General Ming is um, the right-hand man to uh, Jet Li's character at the start.
1: Okay, gotcha. But, yeah. um, oh, yes, he is. I see him. I found him. He's in the cast. He's just not in the starring by. Yeah. Yes.
0: I mean, Ansi Wong gets both blown up and crushed. Mm. He's that badass in this. And he has a really cool um, sort of psychic uh, villainess with him as well. It's like uh, this... Female military officer who's got like a really scarred face who looks really cool as well uh, But yeah, I really enjoyed this one. I don't know why people hate on this this one because it was just an absolute blast from start to finish um, Maybe it's just we're just really deprived of like these action
1: adventures but um yeah, yeah, it's got it's got it's got hell of a cast. Not only Jet Li, it's got Maria Bello, John Hannah, obviously John, John Hannah's in the morning. It's got isn't Michelle Yo It's most got Michelle Yeoh, Isabella Leon as well. As her and this was like that was her Western debut, I think. So she was she she's, she was a big deal at this time. Yeah, and Brendan Fraser, yeah. <laughs> he's Welcome got back Brendan. Well he's 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 obviously Cliff Steele in Doom Patrol these days. Um Oh, that's but, true. Because yeah. he's
0: um, he's just been he's in the new Scorsese movie as well. Because mm. um, he got he got blacklisted by Hollywood for standing up for the wrongdoings that were happening, and now he's been we're welcoming yeah. him back home.
1: Now he's excellent as Cliff Steele in Doom Patrol. I have to say, both as the voice and then in the flashbacks, he's uh, he's, put on a, he's he's had a few hamburgers, mind you. He it comes to all of us,
0: <laughs> as, as, you, as you were filling me in like, uh, on like on the on the joys of getting older, early and it reminded me of like one of the last conversations I had with my grandfather. We had sitting on the table, my brother, my father, and my grandfather, and the conversation about how you grey goes
1: south. That's yeah, that's a that's a that's a, third <laughs> that's, that's
0: one. a memory that sticks with me for whatever reason.
1: And he's not wrong. Lots of things go south, mate. Oh, anyway, no. this isn't a men's health episode. <laughs> no, good film, though. I, I, I think it's a, I think it's a bit of an underrated gem. Um, oh,
0: yeah, there's definitely some really great sequences. And there we get the chase through Sangha uh which is the uh, car versus the um, chariot, which is a lot mm. of fun. We get the Yeti sequence where um, a henchman gets booted over the pillars and they give the uh, it's all good sign from American football, which I thought was a... A cheeky nod and Anthony Wong fights a yeti so but uh yeah it did just uh was he was a really fun fun romp and I like how they tied in the great war and the terracotta army they took all these different elements and uh put them together for this this thing and Jet Li turns into a King Ghidorah three-headed dragon thing
1: for no reason at all well because he's a mummy Let's just face it, all the Mummy films have this kind of nonsense going on, don't it? But I, it's a shame, because they don't really make these kind of rompy... I know, I know Indiana Jones will be that kind of benchmark they're all held against, but I I, I wouldn't mind an A-list level Mummy-type film again. I
0: say, I just want another adventure romp, you know? Mm. Tombs and uh, fisticuffs and I mean they uh,
1: you tr- know uh, they try I, g- I guess Skull Island is closest thing the the, the Kong Skull Island is the closest oh yeah, thing for something like this.
0: I think those island sort of adventures are great, and mm. we get it with like the Jurassic Park movies as well, which also uh, tap into that sort of island adventure mm. as well.
1: Mm. Yeah, more of them, um, please.
0: Yes, definitely. Uh, next up, we have a film from Hem and Yao from 93. But not
1: um, not the film I was expecting to choose from 93 starring There's a as. whole bunch of <laughs> films in that. You didn't uh, this, choose the untold story. You chose no, the film they made next. <laughs> um,
0: which is Taxi Hunter. Now, I don't... This is really bizarre because in 93 Joe Schumacher releases Fallen Down where Michael Douglas... Does that uh, he's like a white collar worker who snaps in L.A. traffic and sets off across L.A. wiping out scumbags as he's making his way to his daughter's birthday party. In one of those roles that, as you get older, you sort of root more for him and less for the police. It's sort of like you think you just he just sort of like living everyone's sort of fancy of just like one day just going screw it and just like setting out and just righting the wrongs of the world.
1: Yeah, he was the angry video game nerd before, angry video game nerd, <laughs> it's how he dresses um, these, with pen protectors and stuff, yeah, um, yeah, this film is very similar, but came out in the same year, it makes it wonder, and makes you wonder, this makes is you what, wonder,
0: <laughs> it did make me wonder, it's so like, was Yao basically doing his version of falling down, because here Anthony Wong plays a white collar worker who snaps, um... Yes, I mean, obviously there is more reason behind this, but basically, Anti Wong is this insurance salesman who is on on—he's on the up-and-up. He's set for a promotion, he does the right things by his clients, and like even offers to like, pay their first couple of months insurance so that he can get them on these books and keep his numbers up. At the same time, he's got a pregnant wife at home who's uh, expecting their first kid, and... Hong Kong at the same time is also being faced by a plague of scumbag taxi drivers, who inversely are responsible for the death of his wife. First off, by one accepting to take a larger fee to to uh, give up their reservation for a taxi cab, and then the second taxi cab drives off with uh, Wong's wife attached to the car because her blouse gets caught in it. In I'd say a really fantastic uh, car sequence. It's one of two great car sequences in this because his brother plays like this super cop who uh, gets involved in this big car chase sequence at the start as well. But basically the film follows uh, Wong as he sets out to take revenge on all the uh, scumbag taxi drivers of Hong Kong uh, by committing a series of uh, gruesome murders at the same time his super cop brother is on the trail of the taxi cab killer unaware that it's uh, his brother behind it.
1: Is, is he his brother, or is he just calling him brother? He is
0: his brother, because um, his wife refers to him as his brother-in-law. Oh, brother-in-law.
1: okay, yeah. I, I didn't catch that. I, 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 with all these familial terms in Chinese language films, you never really know if anyone's that... Well, like we talked about in Gangster Payday, <laughs> they got it wrong, but... Yeah. Uh, are, are, are they, is she really my auntie? I don't know. I think she just means she's an older woman. I don't know. But, yeah, I'd never seen this before, mate. And it's fucking brilliant. I I thought it was fucking brilliant anyway, you may disagree. Um and apparently it's Anthony Wong's favourite film that he starred in.
0: Okay, because he was everything I've read on the release, like a lot of his cat free stuff they did that mm. he wasn't ha- overly happy with it, and he sort of took it because he wanted to support his family. Mm. So I wasn't sure this was like one no. that he actually well, liked or not. We so. have
1: to we have to believe IMDB trivia, which I know is Two Steps away from believing what you read on Wikipedia, but um, no, I believe so. He made this in the same year as the Untold Story, so I guess they just went straight ahead and kept on going, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's because Falling Down, which it either was inspired by or it's just absolute coincidence, <laughs> it's which like does the raid happen. And, yeah, it and does, d- d- Dread coming out the same it year, does happen. It. I find it hard to believe that they didn't at least get the idea that that there was a film like that coming out i, I like like as you get older and you get less time for other people you do become more sympathetic to Michael Douglas's character. But at the end of the day, he's a bit of a selfish dick, and the things he's getting angry about, on the whole, aren't really worth getting upset well, about. I'm
0: sorry, the fact that uh, he couldn't get breakfast, and the fact that his burger doesn't look like the one in the picture, yeah. this is understandable. Yeah, maybe. You know, people <laughs> putting bloody golf courses when they could put a park, Yeah, and that guy with a stupid hat is now going to die because his pills are in the cart.
1: <laughs> Whereas in this one, Wong's character, yes, he commits some terrible crimes. But a bit of you think the people he kills kinda deserve it. Oh yeah, and, he's very honourable, and, and, isn't he? And he doesn't kill a couple of them because they're decent. And yep. he like you say, his his fall is sudden and strong. Um is also a bit of social commentary going on because there was legitimately a taxi driver strike going on at this time and that which ended up in a riot in the middle of Hong Kong. So this was Herman Yao does this a lot. He sort of rips stories from the from the news and turns them into sort of genre pieces. So yeah, I I just really liked it and it, it was complex. The character the character that Wong plays is really complicated and you are both sympathetic and horrified by him at the same time. Whereas in some of those other Cat 3, you just think. Like your syndrome, you've just got no fucking time for him at all. <laughs> this one never heard of it before. And so far in your month, I think this is my favourite film. Okay. Obviously it's plenty of time to override that. We're only a third of the way through, but uh, it's yeah. one
0: that I keep rating higher since I since I um originally sort of marked it down. So I think I need to go back and rewatch it because mm. I've, as I said, uh, there's elements of it I really liked, and it's also um, the first first film of this month where we um, have a character that wonderful moniker of Fatty.
1: Yeah, there's at least one more tonight. Yeah, <laughs> um,
0: Which I just love the fact that his little underling little is called Fatty.
1: One day I will bring You Are the Apple of My Eye, as I keep mentioning, which it's a Taiwanese film where literally the, the 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 narrating actor says, "And here's my friend Fatty. Everybody had a friend called Fatty." <laughs> Just yeah, yeah. Chinese people aren't aren't, aren't stuck with the nicknames, are they?
0: No. There's also a really great uh, scene where he goes gun shopping. <laughs> and the guy he goes gun shopping with seems like more enthralled in the process than he is and he's all like, Oh, you can have this. This is a magnum <laughs> It's like <laughs> yeah, that's like using a sledgehammer for a nail, isn't that, it?
1: That was the guy that he sold um that he was gonna pay the first three months of the insurance premium to, isn't it? Yeah. It's, yeah uh, it's,
0: sets him up with guns.
1: Weird looking fella he is. But yeah, it's I mean it's a short film, but it's on it's on it's on the YouTube, everybody, and I do suggest if you can Hunt it down because I think it got a. Uh, I think it's only ever had an American DVD release. I'm sure there's a Chinese one, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hunt it down. I, f- I feel this is a, a wong shaped hole on my shelf.
0: Cool. Um. Next up, um, released a year before Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, we had Initial D, based on both the manga and the anime of the same name. Uh, this one actually borrows bits and pieces from the first four seasons of the anime series but it's not important that you've either read the manga or seen the um, anime as it's just real good drift car racing fun Um, as a young tofu delivery driver might just be the best racer on the mountain um, while the two uh, competitive racers are going from not one's going from the north one's going to the south to find out who's going to become the king of the racers with uh, this driver possibly being the chance that both of them are looking for um Anthony Wong plays the alcoholic cigarette smoking tofu making father here um a role that Anthony Wong did extensive research for by getting blackout drunk a lot but um
1: yeah, so Initial D, I rewatched it tonight just before recording. Yeah. Because I think this film was released, or oh, was it 2005, something like that? Kind of when I was re getting into Asian cinema and yeah. maybe getting into contemporary Asian cinema, let's put it that way, rather than sort of the historic, the classics and things like that, and certainly Hong Kong films. And it was the biggest film of the year. It's got, not only has it got Anthony Wong in it, but it also got the, the, the sort of the stars du jour. Sean Yu's in it, um, Chapman Toe's in it, albeit playing a character 15 years younger than he actually is. Um, but then again, so Jay Chu. And Jay Chu is like this Taiwanese superstar singer. And this was his first film role. And... It's you know, he was cast in a cynical way to he's 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 massive in China and Chinese speaking um countries. This was to give him a Japanese audience. It also lives in this bizarre alternate universe where all the men in Japan speak Cantonese and all the women are Japanese. (laughs) It's very strange. And, and and there's things we don't get, like J. Chou can't actually speak Cantonese, so at the time he was slagged off for his terrible performance. And, but he's kind of meant to be this, as I understand it, this kind of unemotional bit of a blank slate. That is literally the character he's playing. There's some hilarious things about J. Chou if you look up on him, like his in, old English teacher said he'd never be an actor because he's only got, like, two facial expressions and stuff like that. But the guy is a genius, and he will do other things in his career. That, so, yeah, it's kind of this... Weird manga adaptation that's kind of set in Japan, but with Chinese people, and there's a little bit of CGI, but a lot of it just. But, oh yeah, sorry. And it's and it's brought to you by the joint directors of Infernal Affairs, and the script is written by the scriptwriter of Infernal Affairs, obviously who you know just previously had wowed the world with Infernal Affairs. So the quality is just. Up and down for An Suzuki, who plays the main lead, who turns out to be a fucking prostitute. It's like, what? <laughs> that came from nowhere. Um You know, she she's a major indie actress in in or she was at the time in, in Japan. So it's got this amazing cast, amazing people working on it. And I've got to be honest with you, mate, I, I, I don't see the love for it, but then I don't like Fast and Furious films until they got stupid.
0: It's true. Um, This one I didn't realise was as popular as it was until we've obviously put it on the social Mm. and everyone's been sort of like going cuckoo gaga for it. Um, This one, when it was originally released, they replaced the soundtrack where the soundtrack uh, was um, provided by Fuel Records. So there's a lot of noise. Uh, That sort of electro noise uh, that the kids like. And when you watch on Netflix now, it's got the actual proper soundtrack to it, which means that it's not as disjointed. But the driving sequences in this are really great, especially because it's actual driving. It's not CGI driving, which is really nice to see. Um, And it's also capturing the art of drift racing which we saw obviously a year later in um, fast and furious tokyo drift also the most underrated of the fast and furious movies in my opinion
1: and really and the japanese obsession with illegal street racing isn't a thing that's just made up for cinema it's genuine you know there, there is this huge it's not really underground it's, it's, it's a it's a popular subculture hobby let's put it that way um, so it's, it's a real... I'm not quite sure it quite happens like it does in this film. <laughs> auto Tokyo Drift. But yeah, it's it's there. Yeah, it's it's fine if you like watching car racing um, or playing Ridge Racer. It, uh, it, it's got a great cast in it. Um, although, like I say, Chapman Toe seems to be going for the... Uh, I think he was... At, trying to get a role in the next Ace Attorney movie because he is overacting a bit in it but hey ho but he's a fatty in this as well isn't he um best friend yeah um
0: I love the fact I love him his character so much because he's basically Cartman
1: yeah yeah, he's
0: he's got this grand ambition that he's like this amazing pro racer he talks a very good game but Mm. he's also kind of naff and his dad's who owns the uh, fuel station they both work at is um, kind of doesn't help the situation by constantly like buying cars and stuff and um, he's like saying to him because he's, he's like Bertie's coming up, he's like oh we can get you a Rolex he's like no I want a car
1: he's <laughs> just <Yeah>. brat <laughs> he, um, he is oh, we also and, get pre-scandal Edison Chen who is I think the the biggest problem I have with this movie is, and I haven't read the manga or, or seen the anime I don't I know it's very beloved. I know it's a thing. I know that pacing and things are different in those 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 media, but there's like no bad guy. Even Edison Chen, who you think is the bad guy, is fully supportive of Chu's character. Even Sean Yu is fully. They do anything. They just sit there and help him be better and unleash his potential. Um, that I guess there's that professional racer guy. I can't remember what his name is. The one that crashes at the end in the three way race. But there's just a lack of threat. The only thing that happens is that his girlfriend turns out to be I'm gonna say it best a sugar baby. I
0: Yeah. <laughs> I would say that's closer to what she is than than saying she's a prostitute because she's clearly providing companionship. Um To to, to
1: a to a white man you can't you never really see his face. And he's
0: <laughs> he's there like talking about like, you know, the money giving her money so that she can help her mother and um with her studies, so she's a very sugar baby esque she is. Um, at the same time, Anthony the we get the complex relationship that he has with uh, his father, obviously played by Anthony Wong, who has the great line of "You change my underwear," <laughs> hmm. <laughs> the start because he spends a lot of time passed out drunk. Um,
1: yeah, I, and and actually, to be fair, right, I, I have been a bit down on it, Wong won Best Supporting Actor both the Hong Kong Film Awards and the Golden Lion, which I think... Is it Golden Lion? Basically, the Pan-Asian Oscars. So, his performance is superior to most in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yes, he basically plays... Again, This this, I just don't think the script serves it well. Yeah, he plays this father who sounds like he's abusive to... His son. Certainly, everyone talks about it all the fucking time. And like, there's a scene on a beach where And Suzuki points out all these marks on Jay Chu's back, which don't seem to be there. But fair enough. <laughs> You're only a man if you've got scars, she says. Um, yeah. Read into that what you want. But but then they sort of say, oh yeah, but he only became a drunk and a alcoholic and a, and an abusive father after their mother died. So you sort of, there's a sympathetic element to him. But then he just seems to lounge around all day drinking, eating food, and looking at girly mags on the coffee table. He
0: does. He did, <laughs> uh, they're having meals and he's reading girly magazines. But you have these moments where you think that he's just like this drunk, but he's also got the history of being like this former pro racer. The fact that the tofu delivery car has been souped up, it has all these modifications, mm. and that he spent all these years like hunting down the right parts for it. Yeah, um, it's
1: it, it's it's kind of complex, It's just a shame nobody else in the film is as complex as Wong's character. Everyone else, yeah, is definitely very Wong's one character
0: note is the most complex person in this
1: by by a million miles. Um, but I'm sure that's a problem with the source material. The other thing I did like is um, remember Ang Lee's Incredible Hulk. Yes, and at the beginning of that, he, Ang Lee plays a lot with making it look like a comic book page. Um, and then forgets about that and then creates a drivel of a movie afterwards the this one the the filmmakers do really nice stuff with sort of split screen and freezes and um and the like to give you a feel that this is this is come from manga there's some really nice things and it isn't too distracting and it's all done in this in the right beats and things like that so now, we 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 watch a lot of sort of anime and manga live action versions, and I think this one just gets the balance right. It 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 pays homage to its roots, but also doesn't look too comical. There's no one going objection. <laughs> no, it's it's not Ace of Ten, is it? So. No, it's not. But but you know what I mean. that, that there's there's some really nice. You know you can tell good filmmakers made this I just don't think it was that successful for me but I am surprised to see do you know what's coming out next year initial D2 with all the same cast Oh, is it Well it won't have Chapman Toe in it because he's been blacklisted and's moved to Taiwan but yes um yeah' they're, they're doing a sequel and uh, j2 certainly come back for it
0: J2 is also going to be in triple X4
1: he is I think he was he not in triple X? Third one, whatever it was I called. I don't even remember. No, three he, was the well. Hornet, he? With, he was in the Green Hornet, wasn't he? He was in the Green Hornet. With Seth Rogen. It was, um, since,
0: um, was it Kung Fu Dunk? I think it was Kung Fu was Dunk.
1: It? Yeah, I think Charlene Choi's in that as well. Actually, um, yeah, that's all right. Actually, this he he. I just think he's not. I think the he was he was cast a like in a in a very materialistic way to because he was a big star music star and and they wanted to get his japanese career going and the film was a hit don't get me wrong um and then he made a film called secret where with um auntie wong as his as as i think as his girlfriend's father or his father can't remember um which is really good you know he literally directed starred wrote did the music just, it's a fantastic film I don't, I don't know if you'll get to it this month but yeah, he's a he's an interesting character. I mean, it, it, and I just can't—it's just hard to explain what a big star he is, yet has no resonance over here. <laughs> Be like, um, I can't—I can't think of an equivalent really. Somebody young that has loads of hits all the time. Um. Doesn't matter. Fill in, fill in your favourite modern pop star, and that's Jay Chou. But he can also—he's
0: basically Harry Styles.
1: What if Harry Styles was an excellent pianist, film director, singer, uh, maybe not actor, but you know, all, all these things. But yes, very, very, very famous. One of the most famous people in, in Taiwan.
0: Cool. Uh, we're talking famous people. The next selection brought together three goddesses of hong kong cinema who have a habit of making white boys get sweaty um, It's a cross-heroic trio from Johnny Toe from 1993, which brought together Maggie Chung, Anita Mui, and Michelle Yo together to play a trio of ass-kickers um, in Probably one of my favorite films of this this period. Um, I really enjoyed this one and They first discovered it when Michelle Yeoh had got the casting for Die Another Day. Is that it? No, is it Tomorrow Never Dies?
1: One of the the drivelly Pierce Brosnan ones, yeah. yeah.
0: She was in Tomorrow Never Dies, um, and they were. Because no one had a clue who Michelle Yeoh was. So they were putting around the Made in Hong Kong VHS cover for Heroic Trio. And it just looked like the most awesome movie ever. And when you look at the cast list, it's pretty damn awesome as well. But um, here, Michelle Yeoh plays the Invisible Woman who's been kidnapping newborn babies who are destined to be emperors um, for the evil master who's like this supernatural demon being who's got Anthony Wong as a mute henchman who eats his own finger and carries a flying guillotine to lop off heads at the same time you've got Nita Mui who plays uh, Wonder Woman who's basically a masked uh, superhero and we also have Maggie Chung as Thief Catcher who's like a bounty hunter and also responsible for one of the greatest gifts this film ever produced where we see her riding the the exploding barrel into a, um, a building and doing a little bit of gung fu, which seems to be her speciality here. As she gets to ride a motorcycle and wear a leather jacket and weld heavy machinery, machine guns, some.
1: Have you seen Heroic Trio? Of course, I've seen Heroic Trio. <laughs> I would hope you have. <laughs> it is one of the greats. I mean, it's not super high quality, but and. Most fans of Johnny Toe wouldn't associate him with this kind of film, but what a cast, what a ride. It's just, it's emblematic of Hong Kong cinema at this time, I think. Is that fair to say? I'm just I would say, say so. I mean, this is like Early a movie 90s, where yeah.
0: a train drives through a wall and Anthony Wong tries to stop it with his hands. Um <laughs> Maggie Chung froze a motorcycle at, Again Anthony Wong Um, And there's so much fun Sort of like waifu There's gunfu There's a s- skeleton that um, Michelle Yeoh has to fight at the end In like a Terminator style hmm. uh, Homage um, and,
1: and baby threat and peril Which I uh, haven't seen apart from what's the the Chow Yun Fat movie, which is in the hostel? There's babies in there, oh, um, not there? Yeah, hard boiled. Hard boiled. That's right. Yeah. No, but this this is yeah. It, this is just a nuts movie, but it's quite well made and it's got a fantastic, fantastic cast. And I'd forgotten Anthony Wong was in it. Gotta be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Yes. Absolutely. Um. What did um. There's a lovely quote here. So the, the, the critic, Daniel C. Willis, describes the film as an amusing series of outrageous stunts. I think that <laughs> that's, that's a really good description of it. And, and, yeah, how many other films do you get those three to star in? Certainly not many after. Anita's...
0: Well, they did a sequel, which is Executioners, mm. um, which we will talk about at some point this month. Um, and we will also talk about how it killed the potential for being this awesome franchise.
1: Mm. So is, is that a clue for me to watch that before? You should. <laughs> I haven't. If you've seen not it. seen, if you've not seen executioners, no, no, you should. I haven't um, seen that. So, I will. Good promise.
0: Okay. Uh, next up, we have Twins Effect, which uh, we talked about way, way back. Uh, in the podcast I believe it's episode 27
1: Was it that late? I thought it was earlier than that But yes, we certainly have Starring Charlene Joy From um, Gangster Payday And her mate, Gillian
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's basically a Vehicle for the Cantopop duo Twins Um, Here Who play Twins
1: Yeah Oh, I, you sound very down on it It's also the second Second show in this week For Edison Chen Um <laughs> So you you've got loads of connecting links this time. I know so, it's This is one of my favorite movies. I know you could you could give or take on it really.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, this is a movie which is like vampire's romantic comedy and special friendly appearances from Jackie Chan. Um which basically means he um, turns up as a cameo as an ambulance yeah. driver.
1: Yeah. And it's got like this opening sequence with Joe C. Ho and oh Ekin Chen. That feels like it's in a completely different movie. <laughs> it feels like that's in Blood, the Last Vampire, and the rest of it is just nonsense. And Anthony Wong parades as this sort of wise advisor to the king of the vampires, Ekin Eden Chen, and um, he's great in it. I mean, he's clearly having a bit of a blast, really. I love this movie. The other twins' movies are shite, but that, this one I love.
0: It's. I mean, it's also weird the fact that it's not traditional sort of Hong Kong vampires. So they're not hopping vampires. No, and no, I'm no. So no sure it's because the European vampires or... No,
1: they're very well. They are literally Europeans, aren't they? Apart from um, Edison, but yeah, it's it's it, it's aimed at some kind of international audience. It's 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 a vehicle for the for the for the pop. Pop the pop star duo, um as was Twins Effect Two, which is in, an incoherent mess. But I li- I like this one. And, but go and listen to our previous episode. We don't need to. T- we won't talk about it again.
0: Yep. Episode twenty three. You can find that if you go into the archives. I
1: can't believe can. it took me twenty three episodes to get that on the show. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so yeah you can uh, obviously check that out you can also find it on our blog which is uh, Asian Civil Film Um so go check it out there or in the podcast feed whatever you want to do and you can hear our more in depth review of that one there as well um, next up finally <laughs> I'm just testing the waters here
1: <laughs> yeah no last time, last one
0: okay so uh wrapping up this uh recap we have Cop Image, which is another Herman Yao movie. This one was released a year after um Taxi Hunters, so this was ninety four, and here Wong plays a essentially a traffic warden, he's a traffic cop, but um he's obsessed with being a cop, he's obsessed with like action movies, his like apartments like littered with like posters of like American action movies and he has all these like uh, grand ideas of like emulating these uh, big action figures, but he could never become a cop because he's nearsighted. Um, at the same time, while he's off ticketing cars, he witnesses a bank robbery, um, which his friend, who's managed, who managed to be a cop, uh, gets involved in and makes off with the bank robber's uh, stash and throwing him into this whole case where he basically has to team up with his uh friend's ex-girlfriend and a triad enforcer to try and track him down at the same time these gangsters are threatening him and he has to sort of pose as a cop so he uses his knowledge of um action movies and sort of like these action movie tough guys to basically guide his um his investigation that he carries out here, and it's a fun comedic romp. Anthony Wong sports a number of t-shirts where it's his face replacing um, another action so he photoshops the poster for Black Rain, he does another one where he's photoshopped the uh, poster for Terminator 2, and it's kind of fun, there's a really great shootout sequence where he's clearly like trying to emulate chariot on Fat in hardball, so he's got the dual pistols, he tries to do like the backward leap slide and get stuck and has to like push himself along on his legs. Um it's it's a fun film and I think it's all the better because Anthony Wong's in it. Um but at the same time it's like an hour and forty minutes, which is really long for a comedy. So there's parts where it does uh, sort of drag a bit, so
1: I haven't seen this or even heard of it, but the gifts that you have sent me <laughs> well, that you've shown have made me want to see this movie so badly. It was and and, and I and I will.
0: <laughs> you can find bootleg copies floating around um on various various uh, sort of streaming places. It is available on um a Hong Kong import on D V D, but it turns to go go pretty pricey. Mm-hmm. So it's really annoying. It's like if you're trying to get hold of a copy of the big um, Big Bullet, which is weird because there's uh, a scene where they're in this sort of like gay grunge club, and there's so many scenes of like Anthony Wong sort of like doing the oh, when <laughs> 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 he sort of realise what's going on. Now, one of the members of the band seems to be wearing a T-shirt that says the Big Bullet, and I thought, oh wow, is this like him? Yeah, doing a throwback to the uh, to that film, but it actually came out like several years later than this one, so it would be impossible for him to have a T-shirt of uh, the Big Bullet. So
1: interesting
0: but um yes if you do yourself some digging out that you can you can probably find it but yeah there's some really great gifts of this one floating around for sure if you've uh, checked out social media you would have seen one of them already but uh that wraps up this week's recap i hope you're enjoying our jaunt through the Anthony Wong filmography and uh let us know in the comment section what you think we should be watching uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Come say hi to us. You can also check out our blog, which is at uh, AsianCinemaFilmClub.webpress.com, which has got our full arc of our episodes, as well as our reviews, we've got Dark Side of Asian Cinema. we've got the Mixtape, got a whole bunch of other stuff, including our chapter-by-chapter breakdown of Battle Royale. Um, and wherever you happen to be listening to us, please do hit the Like and Subscribe button and leave a review, as it all helps raise the profile of the show but um until next time thank you for listening and uh we will be back next week with another uh, recap um we also put out our most recent episode of the podcast where we were talking about our point and our next episode is going to be talking about the handmaiden for part work so plenty of good stuff on the main feed as well
1: but uh until
0: then thank you for listening thanks to my co-steam
1: pleasure as always sir
0: And uh, we will be back next week with another recap. But until then, good night.